The first stage is having knowledge of the commandment. 
Athaniyah Mahabbatuhu The second stage is loving the commandment Athalitha Al-Azmu Ala Al-Fi'l The third stage is having the firm resolve to carry out the command the fourth stage is carrying out the command the fifth stage is that the carrying out of the command takes place in a manner that is legislated sincerely and correctly as-sadisa at-tahdhir min fi'li ma yuhbituhu the sixth level is taking caution from doing anything that will nullify your act of carrying out the commandment of Allah. That it has to take place in a manner that is legislated. Sincerely and correctly. And the six, that the person, he must take caution from doing anything that will nullify his carrying out of the commandment. as the seventh level, Athabatu Ali, being firmly established upon carrying out the command. We left off with the statement of the author, Rahimahullah, Ida Araf al Insan, Annallaha Amra bit Tawheed, Wanaha an Shirk, or Arafa. أن الله أحل البيع وحرم الربا وعرف أن الله حرم أكل مال اليتيم وأحل لوليه أن يأكل بالمعروف إن كان فقيرا وجب عليه أن يعلم المأمور به ويسأل عنه إلى أن يعرفه ويعلم المنهي عنه وَيَسْأَلَ عَنْهُ إِلَىٰ أَنْ So when the person knows that Allah has commanded with a tawheed Islamic monotheism, and that Allah has prohibited a shirk polytheism, or he knows that Allah has allowed buying and selling, and he has prohibited interests, or he knows that Allah has prohibited consuming the wealth of the orphan and he has allowed for the guardian of the orphan to take from the wealth of the orphan in a manner that is reasonable if the guardian is poor. It is obligatory upon the person to know that which is commanded by Allah and it is obligatory upon him to ask about the commandment in order for him to know. 
And it is obligatory upon him to know that which has been prohibited by Allah. And it is obligatory upon him to ask about it so that he knows. We covered the knowledge precedes statement and action. And that goes back to the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Muhammad verse number 19 where Allah Azza wa Jal states فَعَلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لِذَنْبِكْ وَلِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ Therefore have knowledge that none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah and seek forgiveness for your sins and forgiveness for the believing man and the believing woman. Here in this verse, Allah began with commanding the Prophet ﷺ to have knowledge before he commanded him to seek forgiveness. So this shows that knowledge precedes statement and action. And this has been used by the likes of Al-Imam Al-Bukhari rahimahullah in his Sahih in Kitab Al-Ilm, the Book of Knowledge. Bab Al-Ilm Qabal Al-Qawli Wal-Amal The chapter that the knowledge precedes the statement and the action. And this verse is the proof. Surah Muhammad verse 19 Allah saying, Therefore have knowledge that none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah and seek forgiveness for your sins. And we cover the principle مَا وَجَبَ عَلَيْكَ فِعْلُهُ وَجَبَ عَلَيْكَ عِلْمُهُ وَتَعَلُّمُهُ That which is obligatory upon you to do, to carry out, it is obligatory upon you to know. Having knowledge is very important. And one must seek the Islamic knowledge so that he worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon insight. And as for remaining ignorant and worshipping Allah upon ignorance, then this is the way of the Nasara. And Allah Azza wa Jal described them as being astray due to them having practices that are based upon ignorance. And they are not based upon knowledge. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he mentioned طالب العلم فريضة على كل مسلم that seeking knowledge is obligatory upon every Muslim. Seeking knowledge is obligatory upon every Muslim. Naam, there are affairs where 
it is not allowed for one to be ignorant of. Like it is not allowed for a person to be ignorant of the right of Allah to worship Allah alone. You can't be ignorant about this. You cannot be ignorant about who the Prophet Muhammad is and what are his rights over us. We cannot be ignorant about the fundamental principles of Islam. Belief in Allah, belief in the angels, to the end, the two testimonies of faith, the five daily prayers, these are things we have to have knowledge about. And then you have from the obligatory knowledge that which is fardu'ain and an individual obligation. And then you have that which is fardun kifaya, which is a communal obligation. That which is fardu'ain upon the individual is the knowledge that the individual has to know for himself. And no one can learn that knowledge on behalf of you. You have to know it yourself. Like the matters of Tawheed regarding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being our creator. You have to know that. Regarding Allah azza wa jal having the right to, to be worshipped alone because He is our creator. You have to know that. You have to know those matters that Allah is singled out in. You have to know that. You have to know what is shirk in those affairs so that you can stay away from it. For shirk is prohibited in Islam. You have to know that for yourself. You have to know for yourself how to pray the five daily prayers. The correct way. As the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, Sallu kama usalli. Pray the way you have seen me pray. You have to know that for yourself. One cannot learn those matters on your behalf. But then you have affairs that fall under the category of being fardun kifaya, a communal obligation. And that is, if someone or some people in the community have knowledge of the affair, then the rest who have the ability to know are excused. As an example, the knowledge of how to wash a deceased Muslim's body, shroud him, and then pray the janazah. The knowledge of how to take care of the funeral procession of a Muslim is fardun kifaya. It's not obligatory upon everybody, but someone has to know. In any event, that which is upon us to know as individuals, and we have the ability to attain that knowledge, we are not excused 
when it comes to being ignorant about those affairs. And know that seeking the knowledge of the religion, it is a path to the paradise. Whether it is the obligatory knowledge, whether it is an individual obligation or communal obligation, or the recommended knowledge, seeking the knowledge of Islam is a path to paradise. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he mentioned, مَنْ سَلَكَ طَرِيقًا يَلْتَمِسُ فِيهِ عِلْمًا سَهَّلَ اللَّهُ لَهُ بِهِ طَرِيقًا إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ That whoever traverses a path by which he seeks the knowledge, then Allah will make easy for him by way of that a path to the paradise. This hadith in itself should be an encouragement for one to seek knowledge of the religion. Also, the one who seeks knowledge and he attains it and he has good understanding of the knowledge and good practice, this is an indication that Allah has intended good for this person. As the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned, مَنْ يُدْرِ اللَّهُ بِهِ خَيْرًا يُفَقِّهُ فِي الدِّينِ That whoever Allah wants good for, He gives him understanding of the religion. And what's meant by understanding of the religion, the person has sought the knowledge, acquired it, understood it, and he practices it. This is, a, this is an individual that Allah, He intended good for. And we understand the opposite as the ulama have mentioned. That when a person doesn't have correct understanding of the religion, then this means that Allah has not intended good for this person. So we want to be from the people whom Allah intended good for. So it's upon us to strive to acquire the knowledge of this religion, to memorize the knowledge of this religion, to practice the knowledge of this religion, and then propagate. These are the matters of how the knowledge is preserved in our lives. Allah commanded the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to ask for an increase in ilm. And we do not find Allah commanding the Prophet ﷺ to ask for an increase in anything other than knowledge. As Allah he mentions in Surah Taha verse 114, وَقُلْ رَبِّ زِدْنِ عِلْمًا and say, my Lord, increase me in knowledge. And the first verse from the Quran revealed to the Prophet ﷺ is Iqra, read, showing the importance of knowledge. 
the Prophet ﷺ, he used to say every day after making Salatul Fajr, Allahumma inni as'aluka ilman nafi'an wa rizqan tayyiba wa amalan mutaqabbala. O oh Allah, indeed, I ask you for beneficial knowledge, and I ask you for good provisions, and I ask you for actions that are accepted. This is a dua that the Prophet ﷺ used to make every day after making Salat al-Fajr. And the first thing that he asked for is beneficial knowledge. Because everything is built upon that. It is the beneficial knowledge that directs the person how to seek the good provisions. It is the beneficial knowledge that directs the person how to carry out actions in a manner that they will be accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Without the beneficial knowledge, it is, it is highly possible, it is likely that a person will traverse upon a path of evil and seeking provisions. The person will indulge in the haram. He doesn't have the knowledge to guide him, so he gets into transactions that are not allowed in Islam. Without the beneficial knowledge, a person may be doing acts, he intends good, but he's missing one of the conditions for actions to be accepted by Allah. And that is, he's not performing it in a manner that is correct, although he intends good. So the action is not accepted. So when the Prophet ﷺ asking for beneficial knowledge, it shows the importance of knowledge in our everyday lives. It's something he said every day. It's a dua he made every day. Which shows that the Muslim needs beneficial knowledge every day of his or her life. Allah Azza wa Jal, he mentions. <coughs> establishing the superiority of knowledge say are those who know equal to those who don't know so those who have knowledge they are superior to those who do not know The Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He taught his companions And it is, and this is a part of Saving ourselves And our families From the fire whose fuel is men and stones you save yourself from the fire by learning the religion and practicing it. And you strive to save your families from the fire by teaching them the religion.
and disciplining them according to the religion when necessary, when it comes to them practicing it. But as for those who are upon other than knowledge, they are upon ignorance in their religion, then they cause more corruption than good. As mentioned by Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, Man Abadallaha Bihari ilm Kana Mayufsid Akthar Mimma Yuslih. Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, he stated, Whoever worships Allah upon other than knowledge, he causes more corruption than rectification. He causes more corruption than rectification. So the author, he gave examples showing that it's upon a person to know that which Allah has commanded with. And if he doesn't know, it's upon him to ask. For indeed, the question is the cure for ignorance. Yes. Whoever worships Allah upon other than knowledge, he causes more corruption than rectification. The author he states, وَاعْتَبِرْ ذَلِكَ بِالْمَسْأَلَةِ الْأُولَى وَهِيَ مَسْأَلَةُ التَّوْحِيدِ وَالشِّرْكِ أَكْثَرُ النَّاسِ عَلِمَا أَكْثَرُ النَّاسِ عَلِمَا أَنَّ التَّوْحِيدَ حَقٌ وَالشِّرْكُ وَالشِّرْكَ بَاطِلٌ وَلَكِنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ وَلَمْ يَسْأَلْ وعرف أن الله حرم الربا وباع واشترى ولم يسأل وعرف تحريم أكل مال اليتيم وجواز الأكل بالمعروف ويتولى مال اليتيم ولم يسأل The Shaykh Rahimahullah Ta'ala, he states, Take that into consideration in relation to the first matter. And it is the matter of a tawheed and a shirk. The matter of Islamic monotheism and the matter of polytheism. Many from amongst the people, or the majority of the people, they know that Tawheed is the truth. Worshipping Allah alone is the truth. They know this. And they know that worshipping other than Allah is falsehood. But they still turn away 
from the matter of learning Tawheed and knowing what shirk is in order to abstain from shirk. And they don't ask about it. And especially in these days and times, when you have individuals who discourage the teaching of Tawheed on a continuous basis and learning Tawheed. Individuals making statements like, we can learn Aqidah in five minutes. How many times are we going to continue to teach Kitab Tawheed? Or the three fundamental principles is not going to save your children from the street and other than that. Discouraging the continuous teaching of the matter of Tawheed. The Prophet ﷺ called to La ilaha illallah for all 23 years. Yes, that was the main focus in the first 13 years. But when he migrated to Medina for the 10 years, he did not stop calling to La ilaha illallah. And the proof is that on his deathbed, after teaching his companions, the correct meaning of la ilaha illallah, warning them against all of the categories of shirk, cultivating them upon Islamic monotheism. He still said on his deathbed, La'natullah ala al-Yahud wa nasara ittakhadu kabura anbiya'ihim masajid. May the curse of Allah be upon the Jews and the Christians. For they took the graves of their prophets as places of worship. So the Prophet ﷺ, he never stopped calling to Tawheed, teaching Tawheed, warning against shirk. So if we are true followers of the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, we shouldn't stop either. Does this mean we don't teach other aspects of the deen? Doesn't mean that. For we have to teach the people how to properly pray. We have to teach the people the rules and regulations of zakat, the rules and regulations of fasting, the rules and regulations of how to make hajj. We have to teach the people about the mannerisms and having good character in Islam. All of this is important and all of this must be taught as the Prophet ﷺ himself did. But never should the Muslims reach a state where they feel that they already know what Tawheed is, so there's no need to continuously teach Tawheed. This is incorrect. This is incorrect. And you have individuals, they make statements belittling the scholars by saying the likes of we have scholars who make the blunder of only teaching Aqidah. Who? How can a person be 100% sure that the scholars of the Sunnah, they only teach Aqidah? That's a statement of evil, saying you have scholars who make the blunder of only teaching Aqidah. Do you know every private class that scholar teaches? 
Do you know what the scholar teaches his family? Are you sure the scholar doesn't teach his children the ahkam of salah? What do you mean? Make the blunder of only teaching aqidah. It's possible that a scholar, the classes he is requested to teach is aqidah in a certain masjid. But that doesn't mean he only teaches aqidah. Because he may have private classes where he teaches fiqh, usul fiqh, and other than that, tafsir. But the point is that what's the underlying issue here? The criticism of the teaching of aqidah and accusing scholars of only teaching aqidah and nothing else. Who really, who does that? Alhamdulillah, we learn from the ulama of al-sunnah wal-jama'ah the importance of the entire religion. Not just one aspect of the religion. As Shaykh Uthaymin rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentioned that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam he came to rectify four affairs. Al-Aqidah Al-Ibadah Al-Akhlaq Wal-Mu'amala The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam he came to teach four affairs or rectify four affairs the first one being the aqidah, the creed the second one being the ibadah, how to properly worship Allah the third one being al-akhlaq, the Islamic mannerisms and the fourth one being al-mu'amala dealings and business transactions the Prophet he taught us these four affairs and this is life this is Islam the complete way so likewise the teachers they teach the way the Prophet taught and this is what we find with the scholars of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah they teach upon the methodology of the Prophet and the students of knowledge who are in positions of teaching they should also follow this methodology of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam So you find people turning away from the issues of Tawheed and Shirk although they know Tawheed is the truth and Shirk is falsehood but they turn away from it, they don't ask about it It's upon us, barakallahu feekum, to have understanding of what is Tawheed and what is Shirk. So that we can implement the Tawheed into our lives and stay away from Shirk. And likewise, you have people, they know generally that Allah has made buying and selling lawful. And Allah has made interest haram. They know this generally. But yet the person will go into business transactions and won't ask 
whether or not the transaction is a transaction of rebound. And this is negligence. Especially when you are in a situation where you can ask about these affairs to be upon clarity. So ignorance that is present due to the negligence, this is not excusable. The person is blameworthy. As for ignorance that one has because one does not have the resources, the person does not have the ability to know, this is the person who is excused. Not every ignorant person is excused. Some ignorant people are excused, some ignorant people are not excused, depending on the condition. Or the Shaykh he mentions, Rahimahullah, the person knows the prohibition of consuming the wealth of the orphan unjustly, and the permissibility of taking from the wealth of the orphan and that which is reasonable, and then the individual becomes responsible for the wealth of the orphan and doesn't ask about the details. This is the point the Sheikh is making. So before you embark upon an affair and indulge in a matter, don't just have surface knowledge. You must know the ins and the outs of what you're getting yourself into. And ask about these affairs so that you can be upon clarity. If you're not taking charge of the wealth of an orphan, okay, it's not on you to ask. It's still good to know, just in case you're in the situation, or you know, or someone may be in the situation, you can benefit your brother or sister. But when you are about to embark upon an affair and enter into a matter, you must know what that matter is. You must have knowledge of the command. Qala Mu'allif rahimahullah Al-Murtabatu Thaniya Mahabbatu Ma Anzalallah وَكُفْرُ مَنْ كَرِهَهُ لِقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ كَرِهُوا مَا أَنْزَلَ اللَّهُ فَأَحْبَطَ أَعْمَالَهُمْ The Shaykh رحمه الله تعالى he states the second stage that the servant must observe is having love for that which Allah has revealed and know that the one who hates what Allah has revealed this person is a disbeliever and this is based upon the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is because they hated that which Allah revealed so Allah nullified their actions or rendered their actions null and void (laughs) 
The second matter that is upon us when it comes to the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that we must have love for that which Allah Azza wa Jal has legislated and revealed. And the love, it comes from the heart. The love, it comes from the heart. And know, Barakallah Fikum, the importance of the heart, because we covered from the definition of ibadah that was given by Shaykh al Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah. Ismun jami'un likulli ma yuhibbuhullahu wa yardah min al aqwal wal a'amal al zahira wal batina. An all-inclusive, comprehensive term which entails everything that Allah loves and is pleased with from statements and actions that are inward and outward. Love for the commandment of Allah is the inward action. It is the action of the heart. This is ibadah. Love for what Allah has revealed. The Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned... أَلَا إِنَّ فِي الْجَسَدِ مُضْغَ إِذَا صَلَحَتْ صَلَحَ الْجَسُدُ كُلُّ وَإِذَا فَسَدَتْ فَسَدَ الْجَسُدُ كُلُّ أَلَا وَهِيَ الْقَلْبِ Indeed, there is a morsel of flesh in the body. If this morsel of flesh is sound and upright, then the entire body will be sound and upright. Indeed, and if this morsel of flesh is corrupted, then the entire body will be corrupted. Indeed, it is the heart. A sign of the well-being of the heart of an individual is that he loves that which Allah has legislated. He has no hatred. No animosity towards that which Allah has legislated. This is a sign of true faith. As Allah he mentions in Surah An-Nisa, verse number 65, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ ثُمَّ لَا يَجِدُوا فِي أَنفُسِهِمْ حَرَجًا مِمَّا قَضَيْتُ وَيُسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمًا Allah says, No, by your Lord, they do not believe until they make you, meaning you are Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the judge in that which they disputed amongst themselves. 
then they do not find within themselves any aversion towards that which you have judged, and then they submit with full submission. 65. So here Allah negates Iman, and the negation can be a negation of a person's Iman in totality, or a partial negation. But this is a negation. No, they do not believe until they make you the judge. So the first sign in relation to this verse of sound faith is that a person, when he disputes with another Muslim or in any disputes, they return back to that which the Prophet came with to be the judge. Second matter, once they know what the judgment is from the Prophet they don't have anything in their heart against the judgment. Because they know it's the truth. They believe it's the truth. And the third matter, they submit with full submission. Hating anything that Allah has revealed is apostasy from the religion. Hating anything from the religion what Allah has revealed is apostasy from the religion. For this is from the characteristics of the munafiqeen. They hate what Allah has revealed. They don't love what Allah has revealed. Rather, they hate what Allah has revealed. As for the believer, the believer, he loves what Allah has revealed. And the third matter, after making the Prophet the judge, after having nothing in one's heart against the ruling of the Prophet, the person submits with full submission. One of the du'as that we find in the Qur'an Allah mentioning Rabbana la tuzir qulubana ba'd idh hadaytana O our Lord, do not deviate our hearts after you have guided us. Very important that we constantly turn to Allah asking Allah to keep our hearts upon guidance, upon the religion. As the Prophet ﷺ used to say, Ya muqallib al-qulub, thabbit qalbi ala deenik. O turner of the hearts, establish my heart upon your religion. 
appoint that needs to be mentioned here when the author he mentions hatred for that which Allah has revealed what is intended is the person hates the revelation itself the rule, he hates it and not that an individual finds difficulty in carrying out the legislation for there are two types of hatred or dislike one dislike or category of dislike is the dislike for the actual legislation itself this is apostasy from the religion and then you have the dislike which is in reference to the difficulty in carrying out that which Allah has revealed Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions in Surah Al-Baqarah verse number 216 وَهُوَ قُرْهٌ لَكُمْ وَعَسَىٰ أَن تَقْرَهُ شَيْئًا وَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ وَعَسَىٰ أَن تُحِبُّ شَيْئًا وَهُوَ شَرٌ لَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ وَأَنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Fighting has been prescribed for you and it is disliked to you. Perhaps you dislike a thing and it is better for you and perhaps you love a thing and it is evil for you and Allah knows and you do not know. Here Allah is speaking to the believers. But the word in the verse, it is dislike to you. Is this the same dislike that's mentioned in Surah Muhammad? That is because they dislike that which Allah has revealed? No, it's not the same. In Baqarah 2.16 and Surah Muhammad verse 9 here what is intended by dislike that fighting has been prescribed for you although it is dislike to you meaning difficult upon you it's hardships in it because when you go into battle you lose a limb you lose an eye you lose your life you lose property difficulty in it but the believers don't hate that Allah has legislated or prescribed that no but as for the hypocrites the disbelievers they actually hate what Allah has revealed 
another example. To show that there are different categories of dislike. We have the narration on the authority of Abi Huraira radiallahu an. قَالَ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ أَلَا أَضُلُّكُمْ عَلَى مَا يَمْحُ اللَّهُ بِهِ الْخَطَايَا وَيَرْفَعْ بِهِ الدَّرَجَاتِ قَالُوا بَلَا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ قَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ إِسْبَاغُ الْوُضُوءِ عَلَى الْمَكَارِهِ وَكَثْرَةُ الْخُطَاءِ إِلَى الْمَسَاجِدِ وَانْتِظَارُ الصَّلَاةِ بَعْضُ الصَّلَاةِ فَذَلِكُمُ الرِّبَاطِ فَذَلِكُمُ الْرِبَاطِ The Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned, Shall I not direct you to that which Allah will remove the sins by way of, and raise the levels by way of? He said, Rather inform us, O Messenger of Allah. The Prophet ﷺ said, Making a good wudu upon dislike. And taking many steps to the masajid. And waiting for the prayer after the prayer. And that is a ribad. That is a ribad. That narration is in the Sahih of Imam Muslim. The shahid making a good wudu upon dislike. Do they hate that Allah obligates us to... Make wudu when it comes time to make prayer and a person is not in a state of purification? No, that's not what's meant here. A good wudu upon dislike, meaning upon difficulty. As the scholars explain, like when it's cold and the water is cold. And the person makes wudu with the cold water, even though it's difficult because the cold water is on his body, he still makes a good wudu. He goes through that difficulty, but he still makes a proper and correct wudu. That's what's meant by dislike here. Not that he's making wudu and he hates that Allah legislated wudu. <laughs> Not that. So the point, Barakallah Fikum, whoever has hatred for what Allah has revealed, this is apostasy from the religion. Sheikh Salih Fawzan Hafidhullah was asked about the woman who dislike for their husbands to take on another wife. Is this apostasy from the religion? Sheikh Salih Fawzan Hafidhullah, he said no, this is not apostasy from the religion. It's not that they hate what Allah has revealed. Right sisters? You don't hate what Allah has revealed, right? It's the issue of the jealousy and being uncomfortable with sharing the husband. Inshallah, that's what it is, right? And not that the sisters hate that Allah has allowed for a man to have more than one spouse. They don't have hatred for the verse, hatred for the legislation. Rather, it's the discomfort that they go through. So the shaykh 
Hafidhullah, Sheikh Saleh Fawzan, he said, no, this is not apostasy from the religion. But now, if there is a sister who hates the legislation itself, not hating that there are brothers who misuse the practice of polygyny, or they are not practicing polygyny in a manner that is appropriate, not hating the act of the individual who is committing acts of oppression under the banner of polygyny. Not talking about that. If a sister hates that Allah has allowed it, hates that this is something that is in the Quran, hates that this is from the practices of Islam, this itself is a dear apostasy. How much time I have left? Oh, and the brother he's after Maghrib yeah. and then I go again after Isha yeah. okay yeah. Yeah, then that. okay yeah. if you have time for a we want to finish these books that's what's more important than the questions inshallah the author he states فَأَكْثَرُ النَّاسِ لَمْ يُحِبَّ الرَّسُولِ sallallahu alayhi wasallam that most of the people they do not love the messenger بَلْ أَبْغَضَهُ Rather, they hate him. وَأَبْغَضَ مَا جَاءَ بِهِ وَلَوْ عَرَفَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ أَنْزَلَهُ So most of the people, they do not love the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rather, they hate him and they hate that which he came with, even if they know that Allah revealed it. Meaning, Allah revealed that which the Prophet ﷺ has brought. The scholars, they say, true love that's in the heart is shown by the person's actions. The proof of that the statement of Allah Azawajal in Surah Ali Imran, verse number 31, Qul in kuntum tuhibbun Allah, fattabi'uni, yuhbibukum Allah, wa yaghfir lakum dhunubakum. Allah commanded the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam to say, Say, if you truly love Allah, then follow me. And Allah will love you and forgive you of your sins. This verse is known as Ayatul Imtihan, the verse of the test. The test for who? For everyone who claims to love Allah. If a person truly loves Allah, then you will see and find that that person is one who follows the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And the more the person is a follower of the Prophet ﷺ, the more love the person has for Allah. 
And the lesser a person follows the Prophet ﷺ, the lesser the love the person has for Allah, even if the person claims to love Allah much. As we used to say, the proof is in the pudding, not in the claim. Person can make claims all day. I love Allah, I love Islam, but where are the actions? For that which is in the heart should be manifested in one's speech, in one's actions, in one's behavior. So a person can't claim to love Allah, but yet he doesn't want to follow the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Allah is the one who said Prophet Muhammad sallallahu So how you say you love Allah, but you don't love His Messenger? How you say you love Allah, but you don't love that which the Messenger brought from Allah? Loving Allah is to love His legislation. Loving Allah is to love his Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There are some lines of poetry that state Ta'asi al-ilaha wa anta taz'um hubbahu Hada li'umri fil-qiyasi shani'u Lo kana hubbuka sadiqan la'ata'atahu Inna al-muhibba liman ahabba muti'u that you disobey the true deity while at the same time claiming to love him. For the life of me, this type of reasoning is something that is evil. If your love was true love, then you would have obeyed him. For indeed the one who loves someone is obedient to the one he loves. And the scholars, they mention these lines of poetry to show that true love is followed by actions. We wouldn't even accept this from our spouses. Your wife tells you she loves you, but she cheats on you. But she tells you she loves you though. You're the best husband ever. <laughs> I am what you doing Fulan then <laughs> vice versa a man tells his wife he loves her but he's constantly beating the blood out of her face that's love the prophet sallallahu was telling forbade what that a man beats his wife like she's a what a slave and then at the later on at night he goes to sleep with her it's prohibited. The scholars say because that's sending a mixed signal, that's not love. You're beating on her in the morning, and then later on at night you want to have relations with her. No, that's not how you love. The point here 
Loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala entails loving His legislation, and loving His legislation entails carrying it out, acting upon it. Loving the one who has brought it, and that is the Prophet and loving the Prophet means to follow him. قال المؤلف رحمه الله تعالى المرتبة الثالثة العزم على الفعل وكثير من الناس عرف وأحب ولكن لم يعزم خوفا من تغير دنيا The third level The third stage Having the firm resolve to carry out the commandment of Allah. And many from amongst the people, they know what the commandment is. They love the commandment. However, the person does not have the firm resolve to carry out the commandment out of fear that something from his worldly life is going to change. The Prophet ﷺ, he made a dua, Allahumma inni as'aluka thabat fil amr wal azimata ala rushd. O Allah, indeed, I ask you for stability regarding the command or the affair. And I ask you for firm resolve upon guidance in that in direction. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Qayyim al-Jawziya rahimahullah ta'ala, he stated, وَهَاتَانِ الْكَلِمَتَانِ هُمَا جِمَعُ He said these two statements are that which combines success for the servant. Asking for stability and asking for firm resolve. Firm resolve is important. And Shaykh al-Islam ibn Qayyim al-Jawzir, he mentions that the calamities or failure comes as a result of the servant wasting these two matters or one of the two. Meaning that if you don't have firm resolve to be upon guidance, that leads to Failure in your affairs. One must have the firm resolve to do good. Not evil. To do good. For having firm resolve to do evil, you are similar to the person who has done the evil. Especially if you have made an effort to carry out the evil. You have the firm resolve. The firm resolve is going to be the drive to push you to carry out 
that resolve, that intent. Look at this narration. إِذَا الْتَقَى الْمُسْلِمَانِ بِسَيْفَيْهِمَا فَالْقَاتِلْ وَالْمَقْتُولْ فِي النَّارِ قَالُوا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ هَذَا هُوَ الْقَاتِلِ فَمَا بَعَلْ الْمَقْتُولِ قَالَ إِنَّهُ كَانَ حَرِيسًا عَلَى قَتْلِ صَاحِبِهِ The Prophet ﷺ said when two Muslims meet each other with their weapons, the killer and the killed are both in the hellfire. The Sahaba, they said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, this is the killer. Meaning we understand why the killer is going to the hell, because he killed the Muslim. But why is the one who got killed going to hell also? The Prophet ﷺ said, Indeed, he was diligent in trying to kill his companion. I mean, he had firm resolve in his heart to kill the other. The only thing is that he got killed first. But the resolve was there. And this is in the case when Muslims are fighting in a manner that is not legislated. They're fighting over that which is not allowed for them to fight over. For there are times when it is legislated for Muslims to fight against Muslims, like when the Muslims are repelling the dahab of the Khawarij, who are Muslims. Mm. Oh, that's one? No, those they are not Muslims. They apostated. They apostated. Yes. They were they apostated. But I'm saying the Khawarij, when Ali ibn Abi Talib fought against them, it was to repel their harm. They're Muslims. As Ali said, do not kill their wounded, do not chase after those who fled, do not take their women as walk after those are our sisters. But the point is there are times where it is legislated for Muslims to fight against Muslims when Muslims are fighting the oppressive party and pushing them back so that Muslims are not harmed. Right? So that hadith is not referring to those legislated times. This is in reference to when Muslims are fighting each other in a manner that's not legislated or justified. They're fighting over something that Allah has not allowed them to fight over. So... Both the killed and the killer are in the hellfire. But the point of the hadith, it shows how the individual, he had heresy. I mean, he was trying to carry out what his intent was, but he was stopped. So he gets the full sin. Likewise, when it comes to matters of good, it's important to have the firm resolve to do good. Perhaps you won't be able to carry out your intentions of doing good, but you'll still get the reward. There is a narration where the Prophet ﷺ, he stated, Inna Allah كَتَبَ الْحَسَنَاتِ وَالسَّيِّئَاتِ ثُمَّ بَيَّنَ ذَلِكَ That indeed Allah, He has written the good and the bad. And then He clarifies. فَمَنْ هَمَّ بِحَسَنَةٍ فَلَمْ يَعْمَلْهَا كَتَبَهَ اللَّهُ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَ عِنْدَهُ حَسَنَةً كَامِلًا 
whoever has the intentions of doing good, but he does not do the good deed or the act, Allah wa Taala writes it as one complete full act of goodness. وَإِنْ هَمَّ بِهَا فَعَمِلَهَا كَتَبَهَا اللَّهُ عَشْرَ حَسَنَاتٍ إِلَى سَبْعْمِيَ دِعْفًا إِلَى أَضْعَافٍ كَثِيرًا And if the person has the intention to do good, and he does the good, Allah writes it as ten good deeds to seven hundred fold, or more than that. Or more than that. وَإِنْ هَمَّ بِسَيِّئَةٍ فَلَمْ يَعْمَلْهَا كَتَبَهَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عِنْدَهُ حَسَنَةً كَامِلَةً وَإِنْ هَمَّ بِهَا فَعَمِلَهَا كَتَبَهَ اللَّهُ سَيِّئَةً وَاحِدًا The Prophet mentions وسلم, and if the person has the intention to do an evil deed and he doesn't do it he doesn't do it here means he doesn't do it out of fear of Allah he remembers Allah he refrains Allah writes it as a good deed, a complete good deed. And if he intends to do evil and he does evil, then Allah writes it as one bad deed. The shahid or the point from the narration, having the intention to do good. And if the individual does not carry out the good, he gets a reward. Like the narration I mentioned, that if a person was to go to bed at night having the intentions to get up to make Qiyamul Layl, but he oversleeps, that Allah writes for him the Qiyamul Layl, the night prayer. And there are other proofs that deal with this affair. So the Shaykh mentions, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, that you have individuals who know what the commandment is, or many from amongst the people, the person knows what the command is, he loves the command, but he does not have firm resolve to carry out the command out of fear that something of his worldly affairs will change. Like a person, he has a position of leadership, or a person has wealth or status, great status, a great position. But he fears that if he carries out this matter of truth, that he's going to lose his position. He fears that if he propagates this matter of the deen, he's going to lose his position. He fears if he takes the correct stance regarding a matter, he's going to lose his position. The people are going to change, they're not going to be the same with him. He's going to be considered an outcast. He's not going to be down with the bros anymore, as they say. He's not going to be in the in crowd anymore. He knows the truth. He loves it. 
but he doesn't have the firm resolve to act on it. But the truth is from Allah. He knows it, he loves the truth, but he doesn't have that firm resolve to carry it out. So, he takes a standstill position when it comes to his resolve. Out of fear that something from his worldly affairs will change. He's going to lose his position. They're going to take the keys back from him. <laughs> Come on, man. And this is real life talk here. It's not no Hollywood, <laughs> as they say. This, this, this is the Shaykh al Islam. Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab, he's mentioning these things. SubhanAllah. Look, this is the nature of people. It's the nature of human beings. And the shaitan, he's the one threatening the person. You want to do that? You're going to take the stance? You're going to say what's... You know, they're going to take your keys back? You know you ain't going to be able to sit with that sister then, man. You take that position. But that's what's happening. Individuals take positions based upon... What has come to them of the truth? And then other individuals say, well, uh, you can't sit with sister so-and-so no more. Or, um, we need those keys back. You understand? These things are happening. And so people, they fear this. They fear that their worldly affairs are going to change. So they don't have the firm resolve to carry out the truth. Inshallah Ta'ala, we'll stop at this point, and in the next class, we will finish from 4 to 7, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, because there's four more uh, points left, we'll finish it in the next class, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, whatever is correct, the praise is for Allah, Azza wa Jal alone, and whatever is incorrect, it is from myself. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك